Hello and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens and I'm the founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview our Unbundled Attorneys as well as the leading experts in the industry to identify the best practices for converting leads into paying clients and how to ethically and profitably deliver Unbundled Legal Services and other affordable options in your practice. To learn more about how exclusive Unbundled Leads can help you grow your practice, visit our website at unbundledattorney.com. All right, welcome everyone to the ML Attorney Mastermind Podcast. I am pleased to be joined here today by Mr. Rog Wigman, who has uh, had quite a starting journey here with uh, with ML Attorney and uh, quite a good deal of success as well. So, uh, Rob, I really appreciate you taking the time to share some tidbits from the saga and uh, talk a little bit about what your experience has been like uh, over these past few months we've been working together. Yeah, my pleasure, Dave. My pleasure. It's been uh, it's been a ride. Good ride. Yes, sir. Uh, sometimes it feels something a little bit more like a rocket ship than we had planned. And uh, that's a that's a good thing rather than a kind of a steady, set, steady roll. But uh, that that is its own unique challenge, which is uh, keeping up with uh, with the the increases as they come. Uh, and so maybe, Rob, we could uh, start out. Just maybe share a little bit about uh, your background, the practice of law, how you got started and uh, hmm. the focus of your practice at this time. Sure. So I started out um, really, uh, I guess, once I went to the Coast Guard, I dealt with a lot of regulatory stuff, environmental, things like that. Um, that kind of piqued my interest a little bit in, into the law side. So I, I, obviously, we had to dig deeply into not only the statutes, but uh, regulations and stuff like that. So that naturally led me, led my interest or directed my interest into law. And then I applied through the Coast Guard uh, law legal funded program and got accepted through their program. So it was actually a great greatest deal going because I got paid as a then I was a lieutenant in 03. I got paid as a lieutenant to go to law school. Hmm. Uh, So the only thing I had to do then was come back and give them four years, which I was going to do anyway. Uh, Only only now, instead of being a line officer, I was a. uh, more of what they call in the Coast Guard a law specialist, but uh, it's most people know it as a JAG officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there I did. Uh, from there I did. I worked with the Navy, so I did. I did hundreds of uh, courts martial, um, administrative separation boards, things like that. So that's really where I got my criminal background, my mm-hmm. litigation background. Um, I. I left there and resigned my commission, took a position in Manhattan, uh, at top tier firm there, and then decided that after, really after 9-11, I said, I got to get out of here. I thought that I was scared. It was just, it was just commute got to be horrific. You know, any, any suspicious thing, they were stopping traffic forever. So it, it was just the point of, that I just needed to come back, back down here where I was. And um, I, I decided to, you know, 20 years ago to just go out on my own. I felt like I had had the experience that I needed and uh, I wasn't a great businessman, but I knew I was a pretty decent lawyer and mm-hmm. I tried to figure out the rest. So that's, that's where I've been ever since I've been just doing this as I've gone, I've sort of scaled back from hand, trying to handle everything that comes in, uh, trying to solve everybody's problem to just really focusing on my core areas, which is at this moment is more of around the, um, criminal traffic, traffic obviously being reckless driving, DUI, that type of stuff. But um, 
a lot of stuff I, I just turned down, like all the family law stuff I used to do. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And now with all the leads coming in and especially with the criminal stuff uh, coming my way and, and traffic, I, I don't need to, I don't need to spread myself any more thin than I am. Right. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I think that that's kind of a natural evolution for a lot of firms is that they start to kind of niche into what they enjoy to do, do most, what they feel like they're best at, where the scrum suits are. And uh, when we start to get the luxury of being able to be selective about the types of practice areas, that's good. I mean, I think when, when most people, you know, hang their signal, like, yeah, general practitioner, you know, whatever, I, whatever comes in the door, you know, uh, you, someone passed away, you need a will, you got, got a criminal charge. Oh, you got to cut, you know, trying to get cut to your son. Oh, you get immigration case. Yeah. I could, yeah. I think I could probably help with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 It's just forms, right? I can figure this thing. Um, and then gradually kind of niche in. So, um, and then I think the, there's a lot, a level I like to ask about your, your background with Coast Guard and working as a JAG lawyer and how that informs the way you practice now, whether you have, you know, standard operating procedures and some of the things that, you know, would probably be influenced by your time in the military or with, with that, with a kind of military rank and file type of, uh, uh, of outfit. Right. Uh, but maybe before we do that, uh, we could just talk about, so you started, you, you launched your practice about 20 years ago. Uh, and then you kind of, it's been a kind of gradual buildup and then niching into a specific area. Um, I think the last, you know, since we got started working together, it's been, you know, quite a rocket ship, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> Uh, in, in all the best ways that uh, a rocket ship can be, uh, but maybe you could just bring us through uh, what this these last you know few months or so that we've been working together have looked like, and then we can start talking about you know some of the 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 good challenges that's brought forth and, and how we've been able to rectify. Sure. Well, it, it's it's really been uh, it, it's it's really been tremendous. I went from at one point uh, thinking that. And uh, my practice was dried up. I mean, because a lot of my stuff is word of mouth. Um, at this point, you've been doing it long enough. You start to get those referrals coming in. But, you know, people would say to me, well, you know, how's in the, in the, in the era of COVID and post-COVID, how, how are things going in, in the criminal law areas? Or is, has crime gone down because people aren't getting out? I said, I don't really think crime has gone down. I think the ability to pay has gone down. Mm-hmm. So what we saw that the, the public defender system in this area, and that took a lot of business away from private attorneys who were really at that point uh, or prior to the, the, the start of the public defender's office, we were called upon to handle pretty much any case that in which, you know, was an indigent defendant uh, or and even now, if there's a conflict or something like that, they you know, we'll step in and do those. But that was the closest thing we had to a, um, what you might call a paycheck, because um, mm-hmm. we didn't have to worry. That was that was a steady source of income, and the state would pay you. Um, but then when when the public defender's office came in, and we were left kind of flailing, I guess, figuring it out. I mean, that took a lot of money out of our pockets initially, but then, and things kind of dried up. Um, for a while there, and I was I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit nervous. The phone wasn't ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've been with Unbundled and um, things have gotten go- going a little bit, I've, I've tried to uh, do some things from in terms of placement of my website and you know some a lot of SEO type stuff. But but really, I would say Unbundled has been the biggest change for me because now it's I'm I'm 
I'm getting these calls and they're coming in and they're good leads. They're not, it's not just somebody's just saying, well, let me just click on this and, you know, see, see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that excites most people is when I start talking about what I can do for them. And then, then all of a sudden I break out the, Oh, you only need to put 20% down. Mm-hmm. It's it, you can hear the excitement in their voice. Honestly, you really can. Mm-hmm. And, um, Cause they're worried, you know, they're, they're a little bit uh, stressed out about whatever's happening to them. And then I say, look, uh, and my approach to that, by the way, is maybe a little bit different. And I don't know if this is recommended or not, but what I, what I essentially tell people is, look, you should be glad that you reached me through unbundled because mm-hmm. if you hadn't, if you just reached me straight, you know, straight away through my normal website or whatever, I said, I would have probably asked you for 50% down. In some, in many cases, lawyers were asked for 100%. That's just how it, wor- it works. And then most of them will agree with me. But when I say, but because you reached me through unbundled, I have committed myself. I have agreed to take um, 20, no more than 20% down. You can pay more, but I, it's essentially I have committed to myself to taking uh, 20% down. And as soon as I say that, it's like bingo, it's hmm. done. Now, I, I don't know if that's truly accurate, but, but uh, you know, I, I can, I guess I could ask for more than that, but that's the sort of the premise that I think this, that you guys operate under. And, and when I mentioned that and they said, oh, this guy's going to do it for 20% down, it's, it's in, I've, I've hooked them in and that's it. So that's my, that's been my approach. That's the line I use is, or some words to that effect. And, mm-hmm. and it's really worked well for me. And was that a shift for you when you, when you started working with a model attorney and kind of learned a little bit more about how that, that, that functions and the business model with the, the 20 per 20, 25% or whatever it might be down. And then the recurring billing payments from there. Um, was it, was that a shift away? Were you traditionally doing the 50% and then the full amount? And then you were like, okay, well, let's test this thing out and, and see how that functions. Um, I would, yes, for the most part. I mean, if it was a big enough fee, sometimes I would take, I don't think I've ever taken as little as 20% down. I will say that, but Mm -hmm. uh, there were times when I would do maybe a third down, um, depending on the size of the fee, but, but generally speaking, yes, 50% down. I don't think I, uh, if it's a small enough fee, I'll often say, look, it's, it's a relatively small fee. We would we would ask you to put the whole thing down, but even with unbundled, if it's a small fee, for example, it could be a speeding ticket, um, a reckless driving where I'm not charging an exorbitant fee, uh, I'll still I'll still ask for the twenty percent down. So yeah, it's been a departure from what I used to do. And do you remember when when you were maybe having the conversation, your initial conversations with your support lawyer, Mr. Dolance, and we were kind of breaking down the model. Um, what some of your concerns might have been at that point. I would say that because there's, I think there's some understandable concerns for criminal lawyers, given, especially given the fact that, uh, you know, usually when you're making an appearance in a criminal case, you're kind of, you're in on it. Um, you know, for kind of mixed things, depending on the jurisdiction about whether, you know, there is opportunities to pull out if, if you know, there's financial constraints. Um, but in general, you kind of have to assume that you're, you're, you're on for the ride, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, do you remember kind of when we first kind of laid that out, what your initial concerns were, what your hesitations were, you know, given that, you know, you're, you were kind of working the kind of more, I'll say probably the most common model for criminal representation that's been taught for, for decades, which is the full amount up front or get half down. Cause you know, if that's all you get, then you gotta be happy with that kind of thing. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it's uh, my concerns were, were really twofold. First, I was worried that by asking for only 20 percent down, I was going to somehow just have to give up the 80 percent that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't been the case. That hasn't really panned out. Um, I, I would, you know, I can talk about that a little bit and how that, um, I think working with, uh, with, with unbundled and then in conjunction with, um, I use my case, but, but law pay has been a tremendous asset because people mm-hmm. can go on day or night, um, weekends. And, and I think that that's really helpful because, uh, when they get 150 bucks or, or something like that, I'll see like it might be a Saturday and it'll pop up on my phone. Oh, so-and-so just went on to and paid, you know, it could be 150, but point is they're, they're paying it off. I haven't mm-hmm. run into a situation where just because I asked for 20% down, um, they're saying, okay, that's great. Now I get a free ride. I get to coast for the extra 80. I haven't seen that, but that was one of my big concerns. And then, and then the second um, concern was that, I guess I was under the of the impression that somehow I had to lower my fees um, mm-hmm. and, and ask for less overall. I don't mean like ask for less as in down payment. I mean, just overall. Right. Uh, the, and it's been and once I spoke to um, uh, Mr. Dolan's and someone and there was another attorney that I spoke with because at first I was I had some trepidation about it. But then I said, well, all right, you know, you've got the 20 lead, um, I guess, guarantee. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I said, all right, well, you know, there's nothing to lose. I'll give it a shot. And within the first, I think the first five or six leads I got, I think I got all of them right there. I, I already knew almost moment. every one of them. Well, yeah. yeah, there goes my guarantee. It's shot. But I didn't care because I made 10 times what I would have gotten from the guarantee. So I was I was hooked at that point. But that was my big, that was another one of my big concerns. Just making, uh, I, I felt like I was of the impression that um, that the business model expected, that, that we were expected to charge less. But I was told, no, no, you charge what you charge. It's just, you, you want to get them in there, uh, you know, make it more affordable for them. Um, and I, th- I think once I, once I understood that concept, everything else just took off. So, um, I mean, I, I have no concerns at this point, none, none whatsoever. The only concern I have now is, is, um, can I handle the volume of business and should I bring in somebody else? Uh, and that's real, that's a real situation where, uh, um, it's not a concern, but it's, it's a, it's a, you know, I've got a pretty good work ethic and I think it ties it back into my military experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't be a slacker and do what, do what I did. So, Finding somebody like me who who doesn't mind staying till eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night to get the work done, that's actually kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm just doing it all on my own. But um, yeah, the uh, it's unbundled has definitely. If I could just show you what was on my desk right now, and, and you'd see there are probably seven cases that I'm expecting to come through for me uh, with pretty pretty high dollar amounts um, mm-hmm. in the next probably in the next week. Mm-hmm. So it's been tremendous. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be the next chapter is, well, how do we engineer this, uh, this command center to, to start to get the appropriate resources on deck uh, to be able to, to help you with whatever it is you are seeking to accomplish with your firm. 
And so that might be the, maybe a round two we can do at some point was, you know, how are we able to resource accordingly to, to get the right people in place, the right systems in place, be able to help you increase your capacity to serve the, like the, the right amount of people on the right team in place to be able to serve the increased volume, which is its own journey. I mean, that's kind of business building, right. And developing the, the right systems in place to do so. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the concerns that you had and, and kind of how that's played out to some degree, uh, because this is uh, these are kind of the I don't know, misconceptions and, and obvious concerns for for any criminal lawyer. I think that's uh, exploring this. Um, this is a model that uh, any criminal lawyer can do. Uh, but there's just the usual uh, trepidations that they're going to have about uh, doing something that's anything that's a kind of a diversion from what's always been done, kind of the traditional approach to the practice. And so maybe you can just talk about um, how the, the kind of the, the capacity of automated recurring billing payments, the, the, the payment processor and, and being able to have people do weekly, biweekly, monthly, you know, this was something that we didn't have 10 plus years ago. Uh, it just wasn't, didn't exist. We didn't have the ability to, you know, get an authorization from a client and then automatically bill, you know, on a weekly basis where we don't necessarily have to have them pay or, or they can go online and just make a payment whenever they want. And, you know, you didn't have this kind of ease of ease of transaction, you know, whether we're, you know, physically in person or not. Um, so maybe you can just talk through how that, how that has unfolded for you. Cause you know, you did those first deposits and you're like, all right, well, 20% down, like, am I going to get to 80%? Um, and then how has the ability to have this, these additional billing options uh, helped with that, that second three quarters or second four fifths. Right. No, it's been, uh, I think that this, this uh, business model along with law pay, the two seem to be very compatible because uh, you're asking for 20% down. You're trying to, what I generally try to do is put them on what's called what they call. And maybe this is a common term. I just wasn't familiar with it, but they call it a subscription billing. <clears throat> where um, I can set it up where uh, uh, another way of looking at it is they give me a credit card uh, or a check. They can even pay by e-check, um, but they, it would set up. So, if, so for example, if it's bi-weekly, I set up so that they know that on every, let's say Friday, every other Friday, it automatically comes out. And then I get noticed, they get notified that it's come out. Um, and so, you know, that if, if that stops, um, for, I get, I think I get a notice that it, or I can check it. I don't know if it's automatic notice or not, but I know I can see if that automatic payment has come out. Mm -hmm. And the first time it doesn't, that gives me the opportunity to reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, what's going on. But, but again, with the subscription billing, it's, it's automated. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's something they don't have to think about. I don't have to think about it. It's just, I get prompted that there's been a payment that's been made. Mm -hmm. So there's no question. There's no doubt that, that it's, it's made this, it's made for this business model work even better because one, my secretary, secretary doesn't have to reach out to people. I don't have to say, Hey, you know, call these 10 people and see if you can get some more money out of them. Mm -hmm. It's, right. it's all automated. They can go under the, the portal. They can balances. I see what their balance is. I mean, it's just, it's right there. And I, it's like the more, and it's, oh, it's an automated reminder. So right. it might even say that um, your payment is due one day from today. It's like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's like anything. If we're, we go to a doctor, 
generally will use uh, some sort of portal type system and you, you pay your bill right there using your phone and people let's face it this is this is something we use every day so for them to be able to go in and get a prompt that oh yeah you got to pay your bill they're more likely to just hit you know if, if it's a subscription billing then they don't have to even do that but if it's otherwise they can just go on under their phone and pay and mm-hmm. it's easy i think if you, the more the easier you make it for people to pay the more likely they'll pay. And that, that means even if they have 50 bucks in their, in their bank account and they want to, you know what, I'll put the 50 bucks down instead of going out for dinner tonight. They'll do it because uh, they want, they want good right? Mm-hmm. right? Exactly. You're not giving them that opportunity to kind of go out and just squander it. They know that there's, it's right in their face. Oh, you got to pay this. And it's not me. It's not me yelling at them or telling them or threatening them or anything. It's, it's just, it's just a computer. It's, it's all automated. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really been, uh, I think if, if for this business model, particularly, I think they really, and this is something Mr. Dolans and I talked about a lot, but, um, and he agrees with me that uh, the law pay has been a tremendous asset to lawyers and as well as, um, and particularly as, as used with this business model, because people worry about the 20%. Well, it, I, I think with the law pay, it, it, it alleviates a lot of that concern because it's, it's worked out really well for me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, know, I don't want- yeah, cause, I mean, the genuine concern would be like, oh, well, I don't have the collections, but obviously the, that's the glue that, that makes the whole model function is because of the ease of which folks can pay the automated nature. Um, I think it's, you know, it's also that they're, you're typically structuring the payment plans so that the, the, the payments are coming out on frequency that is according to how they get paid. Right. It's kind of like, you're kind of like taking a client centered approach to billing, right? It's like, look, how often do you get paid? When do you have the money? Oh, okay. Well then we'll process it then. What's realistic for you. Okay. We'll pay, we'll then pay that. Right. It's just like, well, well, and then we have the system and the user interface that can then enable us to fulfill on that, even with small amounts that are happening on a weekly basis. I mean, it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how I could, like, you really couldn't administratively have deployed on this model 10 years ago because there wouldn't have been a way, it wouldn't have made sense to be processing $100 payments or $150 payments on a weekly basis. You wouldn't be processing, you'd be, you'd be calling them and then they bring in you $100 in cash or you'd be, you know, having to mail a check every week. Like you couldn't do, you know, payments according to when they get paid because it's ministry would be too much. You'd have stacks of checks and so forth. So it made sense that you would do monthly payments back then, right? Because it was a manual process, right? No one wanted to do something manually that involved writing a check and bringing it to you physically, right? I had to come by the office and drop it off, come by the office, drop it off. No one to do that every week, right? So like the model, the previous kind of, or not previous, but current traditional model makes sense given the constraints of what was available at the time and has been, right? Um, it's just a matter of, well, now that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> we now have these tools available. And so then are we going to adapt the way we've always done? Are we going to regenerate, have a new way of thinking about how we're approaching the practice of law and how we're approaching the way we work with clients on a financial basis um, now that we have these tools at our fingertips and kind of re-question and think about, well, what if we did do it this way? Now, now we have these tools available us, what would happen? And so uh, I, think, I think what 
the biggest piece of this is that probably all attorneys, if they knew that they could, you know, collect on that 80% would leave with the 20% down because that would help them differentiate and enroll a lot more clients. Uh, maybe you can give, like, do you have any sense for how much more that, like how many more clients have been enrolling for your services, knowing that they only need to put $600 down on a three K case or thousand dollars down on a 5,000 or whatever it is. Um, how much that's affected your ability to, you know, convert a lead into a paying client because you have the ability to lead with that, that as the initial starting number. Mm-hmm. I don't have, uh, I don't have any exact figures on, on how that's, uh, how that's, you know, the correlation there or the transition rate from lead to client based on that model. But I can, I can only say that, that, uh, that given, given the amount of money that I've charged for certain things, if I had to ask for 50% or even 40% down, I'm certain I would not have gotten the case. Um, Mm -hmm. If I'd asked for a hundred percent down, I absolutely wouldn't have gotten the case. So the 20% down has been a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I can't give you exact numbers, but I can only tell you that, that I have probably, um, I would say about a, about a 75% conversion rate just Mm -hmm. by asking for 20% down. I mean, some people just call, and they have a lawyer and maybe they're, I don't know why they call, but you know, there's always that percentage that mm-hmm. they calls and they're happy with, with the lawyer they have, or maybe an uncle who's calling for the nephew who's locked up and that type of stuff. So it's not really, not ever really going to go anywhere, but the people who are uh, serious about trying to get a lawyer. And when you tell them the 20% down, it's um, and you give them the fee and then you tell them, look, I'm because of unbundled, I've, I'm obligated to take no more than 20% down. Again, I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but it works for me. Yeah. I mean, we're not and obligated, hear- but, but in the sense that like I, because I work with unbundled attorney and this is the commitment that we have is making legal services more affordable. When people really hear that you have an interest and desire in making things affordable for them and that you understand that like, Hey man, it's not easy to, you know, you didn't expect yourself to get this criminal charge. Nobody does. Right. And then you go out and you start talking to these lawyers and they're asking for $10,000, $15,000. And you know, like that, that's not easy. You know, like, people don't necessarily have that. Right. And so like, you know, this is Absolutely. why we do what we do is we're here to you know provide you an affordable way to get the representation you need to, to get this, this situation behind you and taken care of, but not in a way that's going to break the bank or not in a way that's going to be uh, unfeasible to, to, to overcome. I think one of the reasons I say it the way I say it is, is because once I, once I let them know that, and, I, and again, I'm, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a stretch, and I, and, I, and I recognize that. But when I say, look, look, I, I'm, I've committed to taking no more than 20% down. You can pay all you want, but yeah. I've committed myself to take it. Once I say that, and then I tell, and then most people know that lawyers are going to ask for 50% down, and in some cases, 100. But once I say that, they don't need to go back out on a search engine and try to find another site or another lawyer. Ne- they know already because some of them have been through the systems uh, some, or know somebody who has. They know they're never going to get a better deal than that. They know right. it. So at that point, it's boom. I mean, you've got your big bass and you're just reeling it in. I mean, that's it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's done. <laughs> I mean, it's, it just works. 
you hooked them and then you just get them on the ship and, and then uh, take them where they need to go. That's it. That's it. Right. And uh, I think, uh, I think it was Aaron Harshman who said, when it comes to criminal representation, you can either be more affordable or you can be cheaper. And he'd rather be more affordable in the sense that keeping the same price. I mean, I think you mentioned that earlier where it's like, we're not differentiating on the total cost, right? We're differentiating on well, how affordable and accessible is it for the person to be able to pay the typical cost that they would otherwise be, you know, that, that you would be charging, right? Because that's really the barrier to entry. It always has been, you know, it's the same is true with family law. Same is true with any of the practice areas where a client needs to pay a retainer fee is, well, how much is the retainer fee going to be? Right. And then that's going to be a pretty major factor in their capability or lack thereof of being able to retain and hire an attorney for their case. Right. And so to the degree that, you know, we can lower the barrier to entry while still having good systems in place now to be able to, you know, have that, that, that full amount still paid out, but just maybe over a little bit of time, the degree that we can lower that barrier to entry is the degree to which more and more folks are going to be able to step through that door. Absolutely. I, I should just add one other thing, you know, I've talked about law pay and how that's, that I think works really well with this system. But uh, the other thing that's really, uh, I would th- say if there's a third thing that, that I would recommend to any attorney is a good case management system. Um, now I happen to use my case. I know there are people who use Clio, but the point is that even though they're coming in at 20% and, um, uh, and they say, okay, well, maybe because I only paid him 20%, he's not going to put forth the full amount of effort. He's going to give me 20% worth of his effort <laughs> uh, or whatever. And I think there's, there's a little thought that, you know, oh, well, you know, I've heard people say to me to, uh, over the years, Hey, if I paid you, if I paid you a few thousand dollars more, you know, could you get me a better deal? Or would you work a little harder for me and things like that? And I said, look, I'm obligated to work hard for you, whether you, you know, this is the fee that I've given you. And if I wanted more, I would have asked for more. But the point is that with the case management system that we have in place now, every little thing that we do, um, it, they can communicate with us through the system. Everything that we do from motion for discovery, for example, um, we upload to the system now. They get to see, oh, this guy's actually doing something. So mm. they don't have to call and say, hey, I'm just wondering what's going on with my case. Let's cut down the volume of calls that we get for people going, hey, I just wanted to see if you can give me an update. My secretary just says, have you checked your portal? Mm. And then they check the portal. They can see now there are 10 documents in the portal. There's a there's a welcome letter that we do. There's a, there's a, the, a representation letter. There's a fee agreement. There's a... Motion, motion in order for discovery. There's a letter to the Commonwealth. There's, I mean, there could be a dozen things in there, but now they're realizing, wow, I only paid 20%. I've gotten all of this. Mm. And, and so it, it, to me, it encourages them to pay more, not, not, not to pay more, but to pay, to continue paying. Let's put it that yes. way. Uh, they paid the 20%, but to continue paying because they say, wow, you know, I was a little, maybe they were a little leery at first. Oh, this guy's only asking for 20% down. You know, how good some can cheap he really lawyer, be? you know, or some, some chase, right. ambulance chaser. You know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That takes all of that, that, that whole, whatever thought they may have uh, about that. It's that's completely removed now because they're just like, 
wow, now I'm seeing exactly what this guy's doing. Like he's making good on, on everything that he's got to do. So I, that's, that to me has been another uh, big contributing factor to why I think uh, people have continued to pay. And I'm not at all worried about the 20% because they see that even if I just stop doing what I'm doing, they've gotten their 20% worth, uh, uh, worth, but, but they, but I continue to work and they see it. So anyway, that's. Um, yeah, I, w- I would uh, agree I, with you, Rob. I think that's a big component. The visibility that you're giving your clients for them to be able to see what it is you're doing for them for the money. Right. I mean, like it's at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, I'll make this initial deposit. It's a good faith deposit. And then, you know, I'll make the commitment to the payment plan, but then they're kind of looking to see, well, are you going to do your side of the deal? Right. And you're kind of like at the early stage of the, of the 80%. And so to the degree that you can create that visibility and say, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing my side of the deal too. I'm, I filed this, I filed this, this is what's going on. Um, and I would imagine that's kind of a, 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 that's a very common concern or complaint or just kind of like a, something that has been a common challenge in the client experience is lack of visibility or understanding with what's happening in their case. What is my lawyer doing? And then, and then just, and if they don't have the visibility and they don't have the communication per se, because you can't just, you know, outbound call everyone every time you do something, it, it, the, the thoughts creep in the back of their mind. Well, is he doing anything? Like you hear this kind of story, like, yeah, oh, I hired this lawyer. He didn't do anything for me. Right. And that's probably not true. It's probably almost never true that like a lawyer did nothing, but did they, but the client doesn't know what you did. So then like at a certain point, yes, you did it. And you could defend yourself from, from a potential complaint, but like it, it, all your clients knowing what it is you're doing for them. Right. And, and how it is you can bridge that gap because that's going to, I would imagine that instills a lot of confidence for them to have that visibility and what is you're doing for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, they might think they might view the 20% as, Oh, I'm getting the bargain basement attorney who's going to give me 20% of his effort. And again, it's once they start seeing that they realize, wow, this guy's only charging me 20% up front, but he's going to give me a hundred percent. And I can see it. There's actually a way to, to, to verify what he's doing. So it's not only, um, and, and I think it's, it's, it has contributed to their paying more. They see more documents uploaded. They see more emails and copies of correspondence going out. Then it says, Oh, well, maybe I'll, I should pay this guy a little bit more. Gosh, he's done a lot already. And so I, I don't worry about them going and now they're up to 25 or 30 or 40% because they see that they're, the, the work is being done. So it's mm-hmm. not only um, contributed to getting, bringing the money in, but it's also cut back significantly on the, on the amount of calls that we get because I, I can see, I can go into the case management system and go to recent activity and see exactly who's checked the portal at any given time. And so if we upload a document, I can go back there and look and say, Oh, it, you know, I lo- upload it. And one minute later, the person's checking it already because he gets prompted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think, um, that that's been another thing that that I've found has been tremendous uh, is is to allay any concerns that they may have by you know if I if for example uh, the guy has a DUI mm-hmm. and he goes to the lawyer and the lawyer says hey you know I'll handle your DUI <clears throat> excuse me I'll handle your DUI for five hundred bucks and he's so he calls three other lawyers and the lawyer says 
all right, I'll do it for 2,500. One guy says, I'll do it for five grand. He's getting prices all over the place. The question is, if he goes with the guy who's doing it for 500, he has this perception that you don't have that much confidence in yourself because mm-hmm. uh, you're only doing charge at 500 or your business is slow or something. There's something that's not right. You just, yeah. it's like anything. We feel like the more we pay, the more valuable it is. That's why people buy, maybe buy a Mercedes over a, a Hyundai or whatever. I don't know. But the point is that, that once, once they see that, that the, the 20% is just the entry point, mm-hmm. you're going to get a hundred percent. I'm giving you a hundred percent of me, myself. They have no hesitation to pay. And I don't know if I, that's, that's kind of another way of restating what I already said, but I, I think that's, that's really the important takeaway. Yeah. You have to curb the concern like, or like these systems are curbing the concern that, oh, well, you know, the, why is this guy taking such a lower amount down? And I think part of the, you explain that in your, in your presentation or your consultation. So it gives them some context about, well, why is it you're doing this? And, and also you're still giving your, your flat fee quote, still 5k, like they're clear on what the total cost is still going to be. But, you know, I'm, I'm committed here to, to making things more affordable for folks. So I, you know, I'm, I don't take more than 20% down so we can get this rolling without it breaking the bank for you and your family, right? That's a, that's a different story. So it gives them some context on the front end, but there still might be the seed of like, well, as you do that, cause he kind of has to like, who is, you know, is he going to do the work and so forth? And so it's like, it's like immediately validating or excuse me, um, invalidating that concern and rather uh, enforcing, reinforcing the fact that, you know, you're going to be providing, you know, the quality representation you would expect from anybody, if not perhaps even more so because of the fact that you have these systems in place that gives them that additional layer of visibility. Um, could you, you know, I think Clio uh, has a similar portable. Maybe could you just describe for lawyers that don't have this kind of system in place, you know, how that, how that operates on your side of the firm in terms of like your general process and what you do, and then um, how that uh, is showcased to the clients to, to, to the degree that you, you have an understanding of it. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is how, how I got started in this whole case management thing. I was using a, Another system that I, I won't name, but uh, it was more of a billing program. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. And then I started thinking to myself, and this happened one day when I actually went to the doctor and there was a little like an iPad type thing that they, that they gave to me. And I filled out all my information on that. Mm-hmm. And, and basically all that information got mapped over ostensibly to the computer. So the data, the, the, the data entry piece went away for the secretary or whoever was handling that. And right, I started it thinking, like, it was like uh, uploaded something. to the patient, right? Basically. Exactly. exactly. Or, you know, some way. So, right? That's right. That's right. And, and so I started thinking and I started looking at a way, and actually I reached out to the, to the company that I was using at the time. And I said, hey, have you ever thought about trying to do something where I could hand like an iPad, for example, or some sort of tablet, and have them do the same type of thing. And they said, Oh, that's a great idea. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk to our engineers about it. And then I started looking around and I found, wow, this, this already exists. Mm-hmm. And so what we do now is I I'm actually able to go in there based on information that I know is going to be helpful. I created an intake form and various intakes for, so if it's a criminal law case, it's, it's a criminal law intake form. If it's a DUI, it's a DUI intake form. If it's an estate planning, it's that type. So, but anyway, I, I, I can go in and create the intake. And whereas before they would come in the office and we'd hand them a clipboard with a piece of paper and a pen, 
and they'd fill all their information out. And then the secretary had the tedious job of entering all that data. No, no longer is that the case. We start from the very beginning. I'm, a, I'm sending them an intake form. I'm saying, look, you're going to get an intake form. It's going to be super easy. A lot of it are like fields that you, you know, you just pressed. And I've designed it to be, you know, to not be a tedious process. But that intake form, they hit submit, it comes right back to me. I, I know already just by the fact that they've returned their intake form, they're interested. So that mm-hmm. tells me not only do I have their information, but I also know a little bit about them. And in, in the intake form, I include things like, what are you looking for in an attorney? I mean, there's a whole host of questions that deal with um, what is the most important thing for you in your selection of attorneys? Mm. And they have little form fields that they can pick out. So I'm, I'm sort of like trying to pick their brain in a sense hmm. and understand. Who, and then it also say, have you discussed this case with any other attorney? And if so, who? They might think, well, why are you asking me that? Because that's information that's useful to me. Mm-hmm. I want to know, are they talking to, again, I call them the bargain basement guys. Or are they talking to the guys that are charging three times what I charge? Mm-hmm. If it's the guys that are charging three times what I charge, then I know I've got a little bit of, uh, of flexibility in there in terms of fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of guys, those are the caliber of attorneys they're looking for. And I've been doing this long enough. I don't want to give myself away. So, so anyway, what they're seeing from the very beginning is, Hey, you're going to get an intake form, send it back to me. When it, when we, everything that they get goes electronic, they never really have to come into the office except to discuss their case. Hmm. Um, everything is handled through the case management system and including uh, the payment, the fee agreement. It's, it's like a DocuSign type of thing where we, we, we type it up, we put it in the system. All they got to do is click, click and hit submit. And it comes back to us. And I know they have to be thinking, wow, this is so much better than having to drive over to this guy's office, sign the form or stick it in the mailbox or scan an email or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, I think, when they see like there's a level of professionalism with the case management system, there's a level of professionalism that's inherent in the, um, in the, um, uh, I want to say uh, my case, it's a uh, bill, um, the, 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 um, the intake interface, the intake interface, and then just the over my overall presentation, confidence, whatever, all that plays a role. And when they add it all up, they go, Wow, again, you know, go back to, yeah, he's only charging 20% because he reached me through Unbundled, but he's given me 100%. And I haven't mm-hmm. even begun to pay. I haven't paid anything beyond the 20% at this moment, but he's already been bombarded with few things that he's not, he's happy about. He's not like I'm like overloading the guy. He's just like, wow, this guy's really on top of his game. Mm-hmm. So, and if they see that you're on top of your game, they're going, look, I need this. I need this guy in my corner. He's on top of his game. He's giving me a great price to get started. Why would I do anything else? Why would I go anywhere else? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think there's that um, trifecta or I don't know this word, but yeah. you know, that those, those three things sort of merge together, the law pay, the good case management system, and this business model really all work in conjunction with one another. Yeah. And just a quick clarifying question on that, on that intake process. Do you, do you send the intake? Do you have them complete the intake form before you do the consultation you're saying? So like when you do get to the consultation, you kind of have a sense for what they're doing. And if, and if so, you know, what kind of lead, when the lead comes in, does your secretary talk to him real quick? 
have them complete that intake form and then and then schedule you in type of deal? Or do you talk to them? Okay, great. I'm going to send you an intake form. Get that back to me. Let's talk later. Like, what? What? How do you? Because that, that's a unique step in the sense that we're having them fill out that form. I don't know if you do it every time or not, but you know, having them fill out a form, you know, at some point in that early process. Um, how have you engineered that so far? Yeah, so um, it, it kind of varies depending a lot on just logistics. I mean, sometimes I'm in court, so I'm not available. So what she'll do is she'll open up and she'll there's a, a she'll she'll uh, type in the lead information, basic lead information. We won't ask how did you hear about us and all those other kind of questions and stuff like that, because we already know if it's coming in from unbundled. I, for example, I'll put that in there uh, later on, so I don't ask them for information they've already given. I try to make it real simple. And I'll, in fact, email, I don't ask them for that because that's information that you guys are providing already. So we try to avoid some of the redundancy uh, and just use the forms that you guys do. And then what we do is um, she'll, she'll tell them, look, we're going to go ahead and send you an intake form if you could get that back to us. And usually while they're on the phone, she's already sent the intake form, said, can you check your phone or your computer and make sure you got it? And they'll, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I see it right now. And I said, well, well if, you, if you just take about five minutes to get that back to us. What the beauty of that is, it's not only giving me useful information, mm-hmm. but it's saving, it's saving them time. It's saving me time because when they walk in the door to actually meet with me, I don't need to, um, you know, here's a clipboard and here's a piece of paper. It's immediately, I already have, I already have their, their intake form. Like for example, this is, I'll hide this part, but this is the, this is one of the intake forms. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see it that well, yeah. but it, you know, it's several pages and I can add whatever fields I want. But mm-hmm. then when they come in, I already have this in front of me and I've con- gone through it before they walk in the door. I know how many charges they have, basically everything I want to know about them. Well, what would right you say are the top three or four questions that you kind of like, if you, let's say they're at the door, they're coming in, you're like, okay, what are the four questions I want to hit real quick? Um, well, I mean, practically speaking, I just want to know when their next court date is and if they already have an attorney. So right. I need to know, like, how quickly do I have to jump on this? Mm-hmm. If they have an arraignment coming up, you know, so those, those kinds of things are, are, are very important to me. I want to know what they've been charged with because, I don't know how to set my fee unless I know that. So th- that would be, those would be like the practical kind case of factors. But then also on your intake form, cause you've got custom questions in there. Like what are your kind of go to? Right. You, you always look at these three or four questions, right? You got the case factors. Yeah, like, so what's, with? what's, what's, you know, what's the court date and so forth. So it's the, the case factors, which obviously you have to know. And then like, what are the, maybe like two or three other questions that you just kind of go, all right, I need to know this is helpful. This is really helpful for me. And by the way, you know, this form is, this form evolves. I mean, depending yeah, on yeah. like, as things pop up, I can say, oh, you know what? I need to add that question. Uh, I didn't think about that at the time, but now I see this is something I need to add. So for example, um, one of my, one of the, one of the topic headings says financial responsibility and contact. Hmm. And it'll say like, are you the person who will be financially responsible for paying attorney's fees and costs? It's a yes or no. They click yes or no. It's very simple for them. If the answer is no above, please provide the name and number of the person who will be financially responsible. This is the next question because I mean, it's kind of funny, but I, I deal with people who, you know, they got they got their you know baby mama over here and they got their girlfriend over here and they got their wife over here and they got I mean, some of these guys are, are stay pretty busy. And so it's confusing for us. We, we don't know who to discuss the case and we don't want to get the guy in trouble. 
right? <laughs> so I actually thought about this. I said, let's put a question. I said, I said, is there anyone, for example, ex-spouse, significant other, friend, you would like us not to speak to under any circumstance, even to confirm you have a case with us? And sometimes you get a list of names. Under there. It's like, okay, this person, you know, let's say Jenny Smith calls up. I'm like, is she on my list? Oh, no, I, I don't no, know what you're talking, talking about. about. No, I have no, uh, no, I'm not liberty disclosed, sir, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> His whereabouts. Those are types game, of- officer. <laughs> <laughs> But those are the types of things that, you know, didn't start out in my intake form. But later, as as I've gotten into it, I was like, you know, what? that needs to be in there because man, it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep track of this but, stuff. Um, yeah. But, there, you know, just uh, there's a whole series of questions. Not, not a lot, because I don't want them to spend 10 minutes even doing this intake. I want it yeah, to be, it a should five be hot, right? Like, yeah, sweet spot in there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's also um, any action that you can get a client to take, whether it be send me a copy of this or email me that or fill out this intake form, especially, it, it creates momentum in, in the direction of, okay, well, now I've done this work to like send all this information to this lawyer and I filled this intake form and I got this call and now I'm meeting with them and so forth. Like there's a lot of momentum in that direction. Right. As opposed to like, I pick up the phone, I talk to the lawyer and he just like throws me a quote. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll think about it. Bye. Right. Not a lot invested. Right. That's a great, so that's a great point. That's it's great like point. small steps, not difficult, but maybe like just a couple things they need to do. Not paying a console fee or like anything that's like financial silver, but like just a little bit of information they need to provide. You make it extremely seamless. It's right on their phone. They can fill it out in a few minutes. But like it's investing them, they're investing into the relationship, right? And the degree that they're investing in the relationship will certainly have an affect on the amount of folks that are going to decide to move forward because they just they don't want to have to do that process again with two, three, four lawyers, right? So if they if you can kind of meet their needs financially with a with a compelling offer, um, and also you know you have you know, there's, there's also a system in place. So it makes it tangible for them. They're like, wow, this guy's got a system and there's a, there's a fancy iPod. I would imagine when you were in the, you know, in the patient's room for when you're at that doctor, you're like, this is pretty cool. I got an iPad. This is this fancy, right? He's got a form. He's got to fill me that thing. You know, I'm on my phone. I'm doing this thing, right? Like there's like an infrastructure here. There's a system, there's a process. There's something tangible in my hands, right? Or tangible that I can see and not just voice. Right. Because no, like, especially when people are coming I, I off the internet spot on. and they were just matched with you or, or any can come through your own form, um, you know, voice builds some relationship for sure. But anything also, these, these physical tangible capacities are only going to bolster confidence in the relationship. Yeah. I, I think that's, you, you're, you're spot on there. I, I think that uh, it's not only given me useful information. In fact, I, the fact that they've completed the form, it tells me that they, that they're interested it's like a little nibble, if nothing else. But I think the point you made is even bigger, which is that now they, they have truly um, taken the step. If they weren't interested, they thought the offer was too high or their, or whatever reason they had some doubt about me. They're not going to go to the trouble to fill out this form. Mm-hmm. So when I see that the form has been completed and submitted back to me, it, it, it you're probably it, like you're right. yeah, 90, I mean, I think, 80, 90% done deal there. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, they, they have, um, they, they now have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, they've invested, you know, a little bit of their time and energy and that uh, even in a, in a, in a micro fashion like that, that can go a long way. I, it's, it's, it's a silly example, but like, well, no, that's more like obligato, but just, just like uh, it's like micro enrollments. You know, anytime someone's going to sell anything online, like you start by adding their, give me your email address. And then I'm going to send you an email. And then I'm like, I might start you with like some sort of small little offer for $97 or something like that and buy this course. And then once you get to the course, then you go to the next layer, right? It's just these are micro commitments, right? And so in this case, we're just like, hey, you know, fill out this form and get this information so we can better assist you with your case, you know, take these steps, right? Um, and those micro commitments are, you know, lead to the macro commitments that we're, that we're, we're getting towards. Um, in, in terms of the intake form, the, so the, so the intake form comes in secretary, or you will, will kind of send that to them. And then are you booking them for in-office appointments? Do you typically enroll folks in person or do you do it over the phone? Do you kind of do a combination? How have you experimented with that so far? It's, it's, I'd say it's, it really depends on the type of case. If it's a traffic case, um, more than likely I can just do it over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, a lot of times I won't even schedule them for a visit right away until I get back the discovery information. So they're seeing, again, they're seeing in the portal, oh, this guy just filed a motion and he's produced an order for discovery. Now we're just sitting back and waiting. Um, and by the, along the way, we're updating state the case stages. So now we, we're past the arraignment. We're at the discovery stage. Um, the next stage might be to review discovery. So they're getting updated on, on what we're doing um, in, in a sense, real time. But, but um, so, but if it's for, for example, if it's a, uh, a reckless driving case, mm-hmm. if they want to come into the office, I never discourage them from coming into the office. They can, but it's not the kind of thing where they need to come in and I need to spend an hour talking to them about, why they were doing 99 and the 60 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can just mm-hmm. talk to them on the phone, but if it's a more serious case, that's going to require witnesses and uh, maybe some, um, uh, just, I, I, just, I need to understand the facts a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I definitely want them to come in. Um, it, it's kind of weird because I used to say that if I ever, I could get them in the office and they could meet with me and talk to me and understand the level of experience that, that I have, it was, it was a done deal. But mm-hmm. now, I guess, given, given that we're doing things differently, I have very few people actually say to me from the beginning, um, oh, well, I want to, before I make my decision, I want to meet you personally. Mm-hmm. They'll just go ahead and commit. And then later on, and I, and I say, well, I mean, we, we do need to get together, but why don't we, it makes more sense to get together after I've gotten what the Commonwealth attorney has uh, in the way of discovery so we can we can review all that and we can figure out whether we have any defenses and whether any of it's true or false and that type of thing. So a lot of times they're willing to hold off on the, on that initial meeting and just wait until I get more information mm-hmm. um, because I've given them, I've given them my, as much as I can give them over the phone. And now it's only a question of, cause a lot of people will be like, Oh, I did great on the field sobriety test. You know, I, I aced it. <laughs> In other words, I, they did the walk and turn, the one leg stand, all these things that the police officer was, oh, even the police officer told me I did great. And I'm thinking to myself, well, man, that's why he charged you with a DUI. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me what they say, how well they did. I, I need to see the body worn camera footage. I need to see the police reports. I need to see all of that. 
And it would be at that stage that I would typically bring them in. If there's right. some, if they're on the fence about whether they want to hire me and would rather meet me face to face, of course we'll, we'll handle all that. Uh, that's, that's no problem. But uh, I'm finding out we, that because we're using, we're doing so much electronically that it's cut back. It is cut back significantly on the number of uh, appointments. I don't spend my whole day in there in the conference room, just one behind the other, just dealing with clients. It's, I'll deal with them when the time is right. Yeah. But and as far I, as reeling them in, that's already done. Yeah. It's, it's also an interesting observation, I think, in general, that like by having an online, you know, mobile ready interface to complete intake and having them do that step and then having like kind of a physical, it's not physical, but it's digital. It's a digital engagement, but that's physical in the sense that it's in their hands and they're seeing a screen, they're going through a process like they can kind of see that that's going to be the way it's going to function going forward. And so I would imagine that might even be influencing why the need to meet with you is also moving downstream in the process. Right. We're like, it's no longer required, you know, making a, uh, you know, there's no doubt. Like if someone comes in the office, you know, there's a confidence, there's like a, okay, man, like how are we going to handle this thing? Like, this is, this is what really happened. Um, There's, you know, there's some, there's a feeling there that people are going to have and that, that they'll retain. And I think that's true no matter what, but is that necessary for them to, to make the commitment and the investment? Um, and by having an interface and a way to see, like, I don't think we can underestimate that. I don't think we can under undervalue, so to speak, having that kind of interface. And then, the, and then having the experience of this being like, there's a, there's a digital thing we can do here too. That's going to mm-hmm. kind of, be in alignment with the Amazon era, so to speak, or the COVID era or the, whatever is the, you know, the kind of principal influencer of this shift in the way that we transact in this world that, uh, that kind of like signals them. They're like, Oh, I, this is kind of like the online stuff that I do. So I just talk to him. I do the online and then he gives me an intake form and we just move like this. Oh, I don't need to meet with you. It's just like something else I've seen on the internet that I've done before. Right. Exactly. I think it's, I think it's, you know, to, it's kind of like if you went into anybody else's office that is a professional and, and, you know, they're using antiquated equipment. And you, so you're wondering, you know, the dentist or, or whatever, they're, they're, you're, you're, you have your doubts about whether they have the latest and greatest equipment. So are you really getting the best assessment of your dental needs or your health or whatever? Like, you go into place and they say, oh, we don't really have an MRI, but we can do such and such. Uh, and I'm, I don't even know what that would be, but you, you, you understand the point. Like they're, they're looking at that and saying, okay, this guy's a little too old school or, mm-hmm. or this practice is a little too old school. When they start to see these kinds of things come in, um, it, I think it's, especially for the people that are younger, I think this is, this is, the, this is what they're used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving them anything that they're not, I mean, they, they that's kind of almost what they expect. Yeah. And so to do anything, you less than that, they're, they're like, like, are you, is this guy a dinosaur? Is he like, not, I mean, what, how exactly. does he, he represents me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great, that's what I was trying to say. And you said it a lot better, but <laughs> yeah, is he, is he a dinosaur or, or is he like, up our times? <laughs> but it's true. It's really true. There's it, a perception. Everything goes back to perception. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then I wanted to circle back on something we talked about earlier, which is standard operating procedure. 
And I would imagine not to, not to harp too much on the, the case management aspect, but, it, you know, we talked about it being a life a trifecta. And I, and I totally agree with you on that sense of like, that is a major contributing factor, right. To have that interface and, and also, um, you know, to cut down the client communications, plus you got the automated recurring billing that's they're transacting through the internet. And it's like, it, it, we're just creating a, a ver- like a seamless digital experience in terms of the way I pay and the way I get notified and updated about what's happening with my case, right? That's kind of the, the, the experience. And therefore that enables the, the over the phone enrollment that enables the intake form that enables the automated recurring billing payments that enables them to feel confident with the 20%, right? Down and then making those payments over time. We've got the automated subscription billing, right? All these things work in, work in tangent. So I, I, I do see the, you know, I agree that 100 that these these all these things are in alignment. And then I would also imagine, and, and maybe you can share from a standard procedure standpoint, having the case manager software and then kind of like the stages as you described it. Uh, I would imagine that has perhaps like not, I mean, streamlined would be a word, but maybe like kind of made your 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 practice more process and kind of stage driven in a way. Right. Like, okay, we're at this stage of the process. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. And then when you start to look at, well, do I get other people to help me with this thing? And you've got all the stages kind of lined out. uh, It sets things up to be a little, you know, a little bit more efficient, a little bit more clear in terms of what needs to happen and when and what and and in what order and so forth to make this a little bit more of a, you know, standard operating procedure. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when they start to see things like, let's say I get my response to discovery. A back, uh, and we're at that stage now where I've filed my motion, I filed my order, or I've done a subpoena Ducas Tecum where I'm asking Verizon, let's say, to turn over records or something. And then, and then, so we, we upload that. So they say, oh, wow, this guy, you know, he didn't just talk about it, he did it. Well, that's, so that's, that's it. Now, the side, but I'm talking about for your side, right? Like having this process in place for you. Like, can you do you remember when it was like when you made the transition from kind of like whatever? There's maybe kind of a pen and paper. We go further back, but then there was kind of like the billings pro- platform. And then you kind of went to in my case and how that has changed internally the way you run your practice and the way you oh, that, yeah, yeah. interface no, with the way the, what we, your process. Yeah. Yeah. So, the attorney so what's yeah. cool about this, what's cool about this uh, system that I'm using now is it, and uh, it allows you to design um, based on your own needs, uh, what's called a workflow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what you're talking about is like, there's certain things that you do every time in every case, for example, somebody comes in there, he hires you and you know, you need to do a letter of rep that says, or sign an order or something like enter an order with the court that says you're now on the case. Mm-hmm. So that's like step one. Step two would be, um, uh, let's, let's now that, now that somebody has been assigned to the case, we need, well, we need to determine who's been assigned to the case. So that's really step two. Step three is we need now generate a motion in order for discovery with a cover letter that gets shotgunned out to everybody again. So, but instead of me, instead of uh, uh, me sitting at my desk wondering, oh, I wonder if the secretary's uh, has, mm-hmm. has she done all these things now or, or where are we on this or where are we on that? From my screen, I can I have created um, or I can see because I've created uh, a workflow, which basically says when I get a case in these things that we always do, 
um, I, I, I just attach that workflow. And now it, 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 it gives deadlines that they're taskers. They get put on there. And every time something gets done, you just click it, click it, click it. So I, again, from my standpoint, I can go on there at any point in time and see, uh, even if I don't have the file in front of me, I can see exactly what's been done because not only am I seeing it being uploaded, but I'm also seeing that that task has been completed. Right. So it no longer do I have to think, did something slip through the crack? That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Did something slip through the crack? Did we, oh, we meant to subpoena some witnesses and we forgot one week before trial. And we're never going to get the subpoena. Now I've got to ask for a motion for continuance. No, because weeks before that, or maybe even months before that, we already have a, a, a workflow item in there to subpoena witnesses. And, if, and as long as it doesn't get completed, it keeps popping up on my screen and just annoying me until I say, okay, finally, I got to get to this. Um, so that has been, that has been a tremendous change too. Mm-hmm. Just, um, having those little, uh, not only reminders, but for, for my secretary who's relatively new. And uh, I, I brought her in because her, I thought her personality was great. Mm-hmm. I figured I could handle the, I could teach her the law, but I can't teach her these other things. Um, but she's terrific with the clients. So, but these, this workflow has helped her because I don't have to say, I don't have to. Yeah. She has to sit down and knows exactly what she needs to move forward on each project. Okay. Exactly. I mean, this one's at this one, this one's exactly. here, this one's here. And she just has her workflows and her, you know, work set forth before her. Right. Exactly. The system exactly. and the process you've developed, you know, in previous cases and just thought through all the different steps that would be needed and make sure they're all there. And then we're just kind of moving people through those, those steps. It's like, I think another old term was, uh, was uh, lean, lean manufacturing, so to speak. Right. Which is like, well, what's every single thing that needs to happen? It doesn't, can it be automated? Can it be delegated? Okay. What's that process look like? And then let's have that translated into, you know, a system process that everyone follows, you know, relatively every, every period of time. You don't want to have that from a client communication standpoint, but anytime there's process involved, you know, the way we can make this uh, as, clear about like, we do this and we do this and we do that. It's going to enable the firm just to run a lot more efficiently. And like you said, not have to worry about, you know, whether, whether something gotten forgotten or did this get done or not, you have the visibility, right? You have the visibility, not not only for what you're doing, but for anyone else's, I would imagine Rob that, you know, as as you've been kind of looking at, well, Hey, you know, what's this next, next stage of the, of the practice look like. And you start onboarding attorneys to, to work alongside you as associates or contractors or wherever you structure that relationship. And then you start assigning cases to them through the system. And then you're kind of like, well, how, is this lawyer doing the work? Is this lawyer doing the process? Well, let me look, go take a look at the, the, the online thing. And like, well, did he do the work? Did he file this? Did he do that? Right? Like you're going to have that visibility and, and they're also going to have the process set forth to them in a, in a simple way in terms of what is they need to do. It's just, you know, it's more of a, like kind of a plug and play and you can, you know, better manage the team that way. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a, that's another a great point because you bring in a, especially a younger attorney who maybe doesn't know, not really sure what to do, but, but doesn't want to come ask you each and every time, like, uh, I did this. What should I do next? This, this answers those questions right there in, in the workflow. Now, you know, my door is always open, but I'm just saying, you know, for somebody who's new, new to a practice, new to law, for example, uh, there's no way that, that you might come and say, well, this is one of my tasks that I have to do. I'm not quite sure what I need to do, but he knows what the task is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, uh, the automation, the automation, you know, I, I'm almost 62. So I grew up without computers. 
So yes. for me to go from where I was to Listen, where I am now, with, if Rob can do it, <laughs> exactly. If Rob can do it, trust me, because um, I resisted a lot of stuff for a long time. But now I'm like, God, how did I ever get by without this type of thing? So, <laughs> I don't ever keep track of this shit. I mean, it probably would have just got worse. Um, I know. <laughs> Lord knows. But, well, hey, uh, yeah. Rob, this has been so fun, man. And really, uh, to really hone in on how these, these three, three systems are really working in concert has been very clarifying for me as well, just to understand like how they all support each other, right. To have not only the 20% down, but then also have the digital interface to handle payments. Plus also the client portal to give the client the visibility for you to have the back end, you know, management and workflows, you know, it really becomes, uh, it's a, it becomes, it really is a business model, right? Like, from from not only the, what we're starting with and how we're differentiating on the on the starting fee, not differentiating on price, and how that impacts the enrollments. And I would say probably you know from our numbers, it's like at least a double two x in conversion from a twenty percent versus fifty percent, probably higher than that, but at least doubles the conversion rate yeah. for most of our lawyers that have tried can try it both ways. You know, some of my attorneys come on board and they start taking leads from us, and they still do the fifty percent to to full represent uh, the full amount down. You wouldn't be surprised. Um, even after they've done the activation presentation, they've worked with their support lawyer, they still do the model and, and they like, you know, get some decent results because the leads are really good, but don't necessarily get the one out of five, one out of four, one out of three, one out of two conversion rate. Right. And so, and right. then, you know, we kind of work with them and go, Hey man, like, why don't we give this a fair shake and see what happens? And usually sure enough, that's when they start to really see their conversion take off too. Um, but then these systems that you put in, you know, put into place and, and how they're working together, uh, it's just really exciting, really exciting to see, you know, how it, uh, how it all, how it all plays together and, and how easy it is for the client to get access, how it kind of alleviates their concerns. I would imagine that uh, they'd be feeling really comfortable and, and stoked about uh, their experience uh, working with you as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a great thing. And I will say, I will say that um, unbundled has, has sort of got me thinking about, how to bring in people by, by asking for, for less money up front. I've even adapted that to my overall practice. So uh, obviously when the leads come in from unbundled, I handle them that way. But even the, the calls that come in normally or the, or the referrals that come in. I'm committed to taking uh, started, that down. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, it's, it, I've, I've sort of taken the unbundled model and applied it to my overall practice. And it's yeah. been successful there too. So it really, I, I think, I think it just goes to show you that people want good representation, but the, 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 that they don't walk around just like I don't, I don't, somebody asked me for $5,000 right up front. You know, I mean, I might, I might have to go finagle something, but I'll, I'll come up with the money. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe we're a little bit different, but, but there are a lot of people who don't have that thoughts, kind of money. Yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I think this business model really, really works well for, for most working folks. And uh, again, with the other systems in place, you kind of like it's the backstop to make sure that you're getting the additional money uh, in a timely way and not having to make a bunch of phone calls. So I, I'm, I'm just happy I made the decision uh, to go with you guys. I, I, you know, you know, as I started out by telling you, I had some, uh, some hesitation in the beginning. I was like, yeah, it sounds good. But the more I thought about it, I guess I didn't understand it completely. Hmm. And once I was made to understand it and then I saw how things were changing for me, I'm, I'm, I'm all in.
you know, so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you've, what you've created here. And, um, I told, I think I told Mr. Dolans, I said, man, I think we've created a monster, <laughs> but a monster in a good way, a friendly monster. Yes, yes, yes. So I appreciate it. Well, and I appreciate your openness to, you know, like, I think in general, you're like, Hey, and there's a, there's a, there's a better way to do this when you were in the, that patient's room of your doctor. And you said, how can I do this in my practice area? In my, in my law practice? Hey, maybe there's, you know, I heard about this 20%, you know, and, and some people like, ah, you know, it might just kind of toss that aside, but you were open and willing to giving it a fair shake and, and, and see how it functioned. You know? So like, I think you're, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit of being willing and open to try new things and test it out and see what we, what we end up with. Uh, I mean, it's just always a pleasure um, to work with an attorney like yourself. That's, you know, being on the cutting edge to the degree you can and, and, uh, and evolving as, as times evolve. And, uh, you know, that, and I'm very excited and pleased to see that it's, uh, it's paying dividends in the way that it has. And certainly very excited for, uh, you know, the future and what of this model and what it brings forth for both the clients and, and attorneys like yourself. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. And again, just thanks for having me on. Uh, I hope something I've said help will help. Uh, you know, I'm, maybe some other people do things a little bit differently, but whatever I'm doing, it's been a departure from what I had been doing in the past. And it seems to be working. So I'm excited about what the future holds for me. Yeah. Next chapters, Rob. Here we go. This rocket ship. It's just taking off. It's just, it just, it's just starting to lean, starting to depart. Here we go. There you go. Again, Rob, and, and to everyone else who's listening and participating in the podcast, thanks for taking good notes and, and learning and being willing to apply new ideas into your law practice. Times are a changing. You know, we got document animation, yeah. we got AI, we got online systems, we got the internet, we got all these things that are happening. And, and uh, you know, you got to be taking advantage of it to, to, to grow your practice. It's probably one of the most exciting times to be in the practice of law. You know, a lot of things that were the drudgery of law uh, aren't as necessary now. You know, a lot of things, the ways in which we're, we, you, you kind of had to do the data entry or the paper and the paper and all that kind of stuff. It's just become a lot more efficient, which enables you to, you know, to work with clients on a more affordable basis, help people get access to the justice system that, that deserve it and need it. And uh, so thank you for taking the time to, to learn and sharpen that ax and, and, and not be a dinosaur. My pleasure. My pleasure, Dave. Hope right, we'll talk again you, soon. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye for now. For more information about how our exclusive unbundled leads can help you grow your practice, visit our website at unbundledattorney.com. You can watch each new episode of the podcast on the Unbundled Attorney YouTube channel, or if you prefer to listen, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available. And remember to leave us your review on iTunes. We read each and every one of them and really appreciate your support of the show. Once again, thanks for listening.